for the past, present, and future of all animals. This is the Zookeeper's Voice with your host, Danny Jirasi. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of The Zookeeper's Voice, the premier podcast to share our voices for the past, present, and future of all animals. I'm your host, Danny Jirasi, and thank you for downloading the first episode of The Zookeeper's Voice. In this episode, I figured, what better way to kick off things than to let you know all about me? I am here with our producer, Bill Neville, and my name is Danny Jirasi, and I am the host of Zookeeper's Voice. Hello, Danny. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. This is exciting. This it's is been exciting. a long time coming for this uh, this episode here. Yeah, we're finally here. You know, and we want the people to know all about you all and about why me. you're doing this. All right. Well, I think we should jump right into I that I think then. so, too. Let's do that. All right. Well, a little bit about me. I was born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. Yes, you were. And up until recently, I lived there, and I moved here about a year and a half ago. And here is Massachusetts. And it's way colder than San Antonio, <laughs> it's Texas, way right? colder. Uh, the biggest thing is I'm used to 104 degrees, not four degrees. 104, my goodness, that's hot. I mean, it's not quite as common. How, but are, how do people even survive? You stay inside. Okay. Just like here when it's cold. Because everywhere's got like, you, central air and stuff, right? Right. Yeah. But here you stay inside when it's cold. Yeah. In San Antonio, you stay inside when it's hot. So, Makes sense. Now, uh, for those of you who do not know, I did move up here about a year and a half ago, and Bill Neville is my boyfriend. What? You're not <laughs> supposed to tell anybody that. I think we should just let the people know. Okay. They'll, they're going to wonder. Just let the cat out of the bag in the first episode. We're just going to let the cat out of the bag and Perfect. let people know how this goes. So, uh, Bill Neville, let's uh, talk a little bit about you. Yeah, so I am obviously producing the Zookeeper's Voice for Danny. We're going to be... Dropping these episodes, uh, we're going to have a release date schedule coming up for you after our first episode with a very, very special guest from somebody in Texas that we'll, re- we'll reveal at the end of this episode. Um, but I have, have a background in producing audio content, and I worked in radio for about eight years, and I've been producing podcasts, probably about six or 700 at this point. Wow. Um, I have a, uh, a, pro- a professional wrestling and entertainment podcast called New Age Insiders. Um, I've produced um, just general content podcasts. I've produced co- podcasts for friends. I've produced podcasts for radio stations. Um, so I've got a little bit of experience in this. And, you know, and Danny had expressed wanting to get her, her knowledge and being able to spread awareness for the world of animal lovers out there. And she wanted to start a podcast of her own and she approached me about it and then of course you know me being her boyfriend because <laughs> she already told everybody this i was like sure hun let's do this and i'll produce it for you and we'll kick serious butt yeah well funny thing is i think you remember it a little bit differently oh really yeah because when i told you guys about this i said what one of you guys one of the three of you new age insider kids you guys need to record a show about animals. <laughs> yeah, and, no, thank you. <laughs> I w- that would have been horribly wrong. Well, after bringing that up to you guys, uh, you mentioned to me one night, if somebody's going to do this podcast, it should be you. Correct. And so... You're the one that has the diehard love for the animals and all this 
previous work experience that we're going to get into in this episode. Absolutely. Well, um, I could not ask for a better producer, even even though I am a little bit biased. If you listen to any other wrestling shows out there, they pale by comparison, not just because of the talent, but because of the producer that the New Age Insiders have in you, Bill Neville. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. So now that we've met Bill Neville, we're going to talk a little bit about Danny. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I suppose no we are. No one cares about me in the zoo community. Of course. We care about you. you oh, are th- please. You're putting all this together. Please, please, please. So my love for animals began at a very young age. So SeaWorld San Antonio opened up when I was about two or three years old. And from as long as I can remember, we started going to SeaWorld. And I used to tell my parents, I want to work with those animals. And I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to work with. You wanted to swim with them, right? I did. I did want to be a killer whale trainer for a good long time. I wanted to work with dolphins. I wanted to work with penguins. You name it, I wanted to work with all of those animals. And so as I continued getting old enough to where I could start working with animals, what I started doing was volunteering at shelters. So I would walk and feed dogs. Um, I would go ahead and go into these places and try to just get hands-on experience. Another thing I did was I worked with a friend and I helped him feed and handle snakes as well as educate the public about the importance of snakes. So this was before I was actually legally able to really work with animals, but I was already getting animal experience under my belt. Now, um, before I actually got hired as a professional working with animals, there were a couple other things that I ended up starting to do. So I would, uh, I was volunteering with the Texas Marine Mammal Stranding Network. So helping to rescue, rehabilitate, and re-release dolphins on the Texas coastline. That's pretty cool. It was amazing. They're such a wonderful organization. Um, I also... In my free time when I was working at SeaWorld, I also helped with research on belugas, dolphins, and killer whales. So I was able to do a lot of different things, even just outside of my professional life. So when it came to my professional career, I got hired at SeaWorld about 12 years ago. And so I began in the education department. And in the education department, what you do is you learn a ton of information And you walk around the park, you talk to people about working with animals. I did sleepovers. I lived at SeaWorld sometimes. What does that mean? Uh, You actually like physically lived there? I physically lived there. there? So there was, they had day camp, career camp, and like a, um, and a sleepover program. Oh, wow. So what I would do is I would pack my bags and I would live there for a couple days and What What did mom and the sisters think of that? They, they didn't were, notice you were gone? Well, they would just be like, okay, well, <laughs> Danny's sure. at SeaWorld again. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no one is surprised. Pretty blonde. Yeah, definitely. And then from there, I actually was able to get my first job working hands-on with the care of animals at SeaWorld's water park, which is Aquatica. And I got the opportunity to work with sharks, stingrays, and care for all sorts of other animals like gators and tortoises and other things that were in the care of our department wow yeah so you worked with pretty much everything while you were there i did i was i feel very fortunate to have been able to work with all the animals that i worked with 
So um, any talking crabs? Not while I was there. Oh darn! <laughs> You'd have to contact them and see if there's oh, any talking crabs. Maybe that's a Disney thing. I think it is a Disney thing. Wrong company. Nah. <laughs> So I also got to work for the animal ambassador team. Um, the animal ambassador team, I worked with animals like armadillos, snakes, foxes, lemurs, different birds, all sorts of creepy crawly creatures. And the animal ambassador, ambassador team really educated the public on what it was like to care for an animal that you get. So, for example, a Burmese python, it's not an animal that you can just put in like a five gallon tank you actually need almost like a room for that animal to live in because they get so large no thank you (laughs) one of my biggest bugaboos is snakes and i can't even fathom in my house having a room for a snake because it was so big yeah well but people buy these snakes and they don't realize that that's what they need to be prepared for yeah and that's why um in florida actually when they re when they release snakes they are able to live in like the florida everglades and stuff and so those animals are actually basically taking over florida because people are releasing their pets and they are able to live in that climate and we were talking about living in florida i don't know about that anymore (laughs) well we're not going to live with the snakes so Uh, we better not be now um from working with the animal ambassador team i did also get to work in the aviculture department in the aviculture department i got to work with uh, birds from all over the world and I also got to work with my favorite animals, which were the penguins. Oh, yeah. So if you know anything about me and I've talked to you about things I've done professionally, you know that my favorite animals to work with were the penguins. I got to work with puffins, and then I also got to work with king penguins, rockhopper penguins, chinstrap penguins, and my personal favorite, gentoo penguins. So Now, you made friends with a gentoo penguin, correct? <laughs> yes, I did. And what was his or her name? Her name is Meep. And And how did she get the name Meep? So Meep actually came from American Horror Story. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was just like the noise she made. Like, Meep, Meep, No. We actually had a a pepper. We had a Meep. Um, If you do watch American Horror Story, that's where those names came from. And she was my favorite. She used to hang out with me all day. And I've seen videos of Meep literally running across the exhibit to come (laughs) say hi to you. When you get to work. She was my... That's do- unbelievable. My little heart penguin. Like, you know how cool that must be? Like, and, and obviously you lived it, so you know how cool it is. But like me on the outside or anybody listening to the, zoo- the zookeeper's voice here, you know how, much, how cool it would be to have an animal that like lives in that, like in, in, in Antarctica or like a place like that running across and coming to say hi to you when you come into work every day? That's so crazy. It was definitely amazing the thing is looking back at all of the experience i got from both professionally paid experience and also just my time volunteering i wouldn't trade a minute of it for anything i loved every minute of working with the animals i got to work with that's really cool yeah you know there's there's like the old saying goes you know if you if you love your job it's not work Right. And, you know, you're you're somebody who I know your backstory pretty well. I'm probably going to find out more stuff than I, did, than I did even know doing this podcast with you. Right. But 
knowing how much you loved working there and how much you loved those animals, it's it's really inspiring. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I think that one of the the things about getting to work with the animals that I got to work with is you're right. I used to say I would come in today even if I didn't get paid. Right. Now, granted, you know, everybody needs a paycheck to get through day to day. Sure, yeah. But when you love what you do, that just happens to be one of the perks that you get to pay your bills by doing what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Let's see. So we've talked quite a bit about me, my experience. I think the next thing I'd like to talk about is why are we doing the zookeeper's voice? I would like to know. Why am I volunteering my time for this? <laughs> Why have you been recruited? And it's not just because she threatened me. I promise. <laughs> I promise. You're not supposed to say that. People are going <laughs> to think I'm, I'm, I'm really threatening you. All five feet of me is threatening <laughs> you. <laughs> so the, when I first moved up here to Massachusetts, one of the things that I started looking for was a podcast that I could listen to so that I would be able to fill in that void that I had from not being able to work with the animals that I loved. And when I was searching for that, I didn't find it anywhere. Yeah. And that was shocking to me. It is shocking because like you you tell me all the time you're in these these animal groups and these Facebook groups and stuff like that and with thousands like, of like people. 13, 14 20,000 members. And it's Absolutely. Like, you would think that somebody in one of those groups would have had something like this, but no, there, there's really not much out there to be found. Right. And there, there's a, like, there's a couple shows here and there, but for the most part, some of them have a couple episodes and then they stop. Right. Or all they're doing is talking about a specific animal, which is also cool. Or maybe they're being put out by a specific zoo or aquarium. Sure. And that's directly from the source. What I wanted to find, and then once I realized it didn't exist, I wanted to create, was a place where people who worked in the animal field would be able to call it their own. Mm -hmm. To create that platform for people to come on this show, either to be interviewed, to share their experience, to learn from people maybe they wouldn't be able to learn from. Maybe they live across the across the world. Sure. Who knows? But also to be able to bring awareness and education to those people who don't work in the animal field. And sometimes zoos and aquariums can get a bad rap for those who maybe hear things that aren't true. Right. And the media doesn't do any favors, I guess, to the, the zoological field because most of the time it's negativity. That you see on the news and, you know, people don't see or hear the stories of people like you or the people of our first guest next week that we'll reveal in a little while. Right. And of the good things that are done behind the scenes. Right. And what's funny is, and we were just talking about this tonight at dinner, is two different stories come out at the same time. One is negative. One is overly positive. Sure. What gets shared the negative. The negative well, one. Look at the news every night. It's like, who died? Who got shot? Right. Like, like, what did Trump do today? Right. So we need more places to be able to share positive experiences and Correct. to learn from each other. And I really wanted to create a platform for zoos, aquariums, organizations, 
and just people who want to share their experiences to come on and be able to speak freely. And that's what the zookeeper's voice is going to create. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm looking forward to working on this with you. So am I. You know, try to spread positive awareness about the industry. Yeah. It needs it. Yeah. It certainly needs it, especially places like zoos and SeaWorld. And they need as much positive publicity as they possibly can. Yeah. And the thing is, the positive publicity isn't going to be anything other than the truth. Sure. So I want to make sure that those who don't know and want to learn have a place that isn't just coming directly from the source. Exactly. So I'm very excited just to give that platform a voice, have you, for just that wide spectrum of people who want to save, preserve, care for the animal population, both the past, the present, and the future. Now, what can people expect from the show itself as far as like, Hearing from those in the animal field, like wh- what can people expect on a biweekly basis? So what people can expect from the show is to hear from everybody, all the way from people just starting out their careers to CEOs of companies. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, we're going to actually have a CEO of a company. And that episode is going to be dropping on Friday, February the 8th. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what CEO is that? So our very first guest I'm very excited to share is going to be... You're aiming high, kid. (laughs) It's going to be Tim Morrow of the San Antonio Zoo. Really? And he is the CEO. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I got to uh, work with him at SeaWorld in San Antonio. I was going to say, how did you meet? How do you know Tim Morrow? So I got to work with him at Aquatica and at SeaWorld, and I've just watched him completely just take over the San Antonio Zoo. And really create positive change at that zoo. Well, that's all we're trying to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was a zoo that was already good. And he's just making it even better. And now it's a top 10 zoo in the entire country. Exactly. So shows what even just one person can do when they're passionate about what they're doing. So you heard it here first. Our first guest is going to be the CEO of the San Antonio Zoo, Tim Morrow. That's super exciting. Yeah. And it is going to be dropping again. On Friday, February 8th. February 8th. Mark your calendars, folks. Yeah, make sure that you're ready for that. It's going to be a fantastic interview. It'll be available first thing in the morning. And you know, when you wake up, it'll be right there in your podcast app. If you go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or even thezookeepersvoice.com to listen to it, if you subscribe to The Zookeeper's Voice, please rate and leave a comment if you can. Those are very, very important for those, for the show to be pushed up into the rankings on iTunes. Um, and if you subscribe on any of those podcasts app, it'll be right there Friday morning for your listening pleasure. Awesome. I'm super excited Me about too. this. I'm listening. I'm looking forward to hearing you talking to Tim Morrow because you guys are you guys have known each other in the past. And, you know, it, you, it's it's sort of like full circle where you said you met him years ago at Aquatica and, you know, you work together yeah. and now you're you're doing this. And he's the CEO of the San Antonio Zoo. And that's that's a pretty big deal, kid. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that the people who I've met along the way, what amazing things they're, they're all doing. And I hope that, you know, after Tim, that there's even more people who will want to come on and share their stories. And we can just keep 
creating that platform for people to come in and talk about the passionate work that they do. Now, I know you, we've been talking to some people, lining up some, some interviews. Now, how can people who are interested in coming on to talk to you get a hold of you? How can they sort of submit for an interview? So the best way to do that is to go ahead and shoot us an email at thezookeepersvoice at gmail.com. And just go ahead, let us know who you are, what your field of work is, and what you might like to talk about on the Zookeeper's Voice, and we'll get right back to you. Awesome. And they can message you on Facebook through the, the Zookeeper's Voice Facebook page. Correct. And what's, what's the Twitter handle? The Twitter handle is Zookeeper's Voice. Okay. And then you're on Instagram as well, correct? Correct. At the Zookeeper's Voice. Okay. Awesome. Um, I think that just about wraps up your story, unless you have anything else to tell the people about your beautiful self. Um, I don't think so, but I do thank all of you who are listening right now. This is my passion project. Nothing in my life I have ever loved more than getting to work with animals throughout my career. And I hope that I get to make a positive change in the lives of animals throughout my life. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And I look forward to going on this journey with all of you. Until next time, I'm your host, Danny Jirasi. Don't forget to follow The Zookeeper's Voice on all forms of social media and to subscribe and download on all your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. We'll see you next time. Bye.